0: Welcome back to another episode of Title Talk. This is 20% of the reason why you like this podcast, and the other 80% is my good friend here, LBAK, <laughs> at Stan Gron- Gronk-Mandez. What's going on, my friend? Not
1: much. Not much. I'd say that uh, we're all feeling pretty good. I don't know about that 80%, but uh, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take that 80%. We'll give you 90%. We'll just say that we get like 100%, 70% love. Is that is that right? Is that the right math? I think it is.
0: I didn't and, do so good math in school, so, you know. <laughs> it's good <laughs> enough for me, O.B. Actually, our producer told me that um, my mic quality wasn't so good but, uh, last time, so I, I've got to get a gooder mic, and so I went ahead and did that. So, thumbs up for me, and uh, the producer will be happy for me getting a gooder mic. A lot of things happened <laughs> this weekend, LB. a lot of really fun things, including a lot of things that we really didn't expect. Uh, we got a lot of things to talk about. We were wrong about some things, and when I say we, that was me and not you. Uh, the The Steelers <laughs> lost. Um, BB is owning. Uh, Harry is owning. Just kidding. I'd never say that. <laughs> Had a lot of stuff to talk to you, here, LB. Well, let's start off with a a lot of a lot of fond memories, LB, because we were popping chain champagne yesterday, LB. Was it yesterday? I get I even get my days wrong now. The days feel so. I think it was. Yeah, it was yesterday. The Steelers lose yesterday. After their, their fans were talking about going 16 and 0 uh, and this was awesome. And it was awesome because I don't know if you were there, but in our, in our little chat, I said, I had a dream that the Steelers lost like two days ago, two or three days ago. And I like knew they were going to lose <laughs> just because of this dream, because I just have these dreams and it's weird. It's like once a year, and so I, the Josh Gordon dream when he was messing up, and you, I think you actually had one too, and then you got suspended the next day. But I had a dream the Steelers lost, and the Steelers lost, and LB and I were actually sitting together watching the game socially distanced, and we started popping champagne <laughs> right then and there, and we started watching 07 Pats highlights. What did you think about this, LB? The Patriots are the last team and probably the only team that will ever get, well, they actually are the only team that will only get 16-0 because of the salary cap now well, – not salary cap, but because – they they are adding another game to the schedule so it's now 17 games so it just makes it like so much percent harder to do. Ob. so how do you feel about this the Patriots? I mean 16 and 0 last team, only team.
1: So I know that I saw like a lot of Patriots fans saying I hope the Steelers go 16 and 0 and they lose their first playoff game or um I hope they go 16 and 0 and lose the Super Bowl. And I was like no, 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 no. I I want them to lose a game. I like being the only 16 and 0 t- team team. Oddly enough, the only two quarterbacks in NFL history to ever win 15 games in a season is actually 2015 Cam Newton. He was 15 and 1, and of course 07 Tom Brady going 16 and 0. So that's one of those records. I like having records. I like keeping records to the Patriots. Um, I know that like as soon as you and I mention it, people are like, "Yeah, but they didn't win the Super Bowl." And it's like, no, I know that, but you know, like to go 16 and 0, all by itself is incredible. And they didn't just, you know, they did lose the Super Bowl and it was a close Super Bowl. They lost by three points and, you know, it came down to the very wire. Brady actually threw a bomb late in that game. I think it traveled 70 yards in the year in the air. Um, Moss wasn't able to kind of quite come down with it, but it was like this beautiful throw. And, you know, they had a chance to win the Super Bowl that year. It was close, just like all their Super Bowls win or lose. They're always close. And I like being the only 16-0 and 0 meet team, man. I mean, at one point, the Patriots actually had a banner for being 16-0, and 0, and then they won their full Super Bowl, and I think it finally came down. And um, I actually didn't even mind the banner, truthfully, because once again, they're the only team that's done it. I like having records for the Patriots. So the more records, the more accomplishments for Brady and the Patriots. I, I like those types of things. I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, so I know you kind of always have to qualify it with that. But I know I said last night, I tweeted something very similar to what you tweeted today and that it's an accomplishment, you know, in itself. So, hey, I like it. You know, and the Steelers, their fans, they were all kind of it's not even just their fans. Their players are talking a ton again and they're starting to feel like the 2017 Steelers to me again. They're super cocky. They're all talking about the Super Bowl already. They're already just really feeling themselves now the past few weeks. So it's always good to see the Steelers lose no matter what love seeing the Steelers lose. Love seeing the fans weep. Love seeing Eric Ebron weep because I think earlier in the day he tweeted something about how um when they go to the Super Bowl they better have their <laughs> something like their hotel ready or some silly thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love it, man. Let the Steelers lose. Let us keep 16 and 0. I know we didn't win the Super Bowl once again before everybody always jumps in and says I'd rather be 7 and 9 and win the Super Bowl though. It's like, yeah, nobody's debating that. I agree with you. I'd rather be 7 and 9 and win the Super Bowl, but if we can keep sixteen and sixteen and zero to ourselves, I say let's keep it.
0: I say raise the banner again. Raise the banner again. It's the last <laughs> team to ever get sixteen and zero. Just raise, have a banner party and just like get the gang back together. Get Tom Brady back together when he retires and hang the banner again. That'd be absolutely awesome. Something else that I was thinking about as this game was unfolding and after the Patriots just absolutely blew out the Chargers. And a lot of things have to go their way, we know, to get in the playoffs. They're not. They're no longer in control of their own destiny. How about this, LB? We're going to call, start calling the Patriots now, the pandemic Patriots, because weird things are happening. And that we did want them to tank. Um, and I, I say we because that was me. I wanted them to tank, and then they just proved me wrong, and I was completely wrong about wanting them to tank. And now they might, they might make it to the playoffs. So the pandemic Patriots, the zombie pandemic Patriots. The one thing the Steelers don't want to see in the playoffs, that's the pandemic Patriots, because we all know the last one of the last times the Patriots played, last couple of times the Patriots played the Steelers, like I think Mike Tomlin locked the doors in the locker room with a padlock. There was like reports that like he thought Belichick was in his microwave in the locker room and stuff like that. I said, so the Steelers, <laughs> they, they don't want to. The Heat hears the dingy and he's like, Belichick, where's he at? So the Steelers, they don't they don't want to play the pandemic Patriots. That's the last team they want to play in the Patriots. Do You feel like the Steelers <laughs> would like feel as if they lost that game before the game even started if the pandemic Patriots were walking in to this Pittsburgh Steelers stadium and just absolutely obliterate them because. They've always owned them. They historically own them. And we absolutely love this.
1: It's funny because even in that, the last time we played the the Steelers was, of course, week one, 2017. And it was probably Brady's best game of the year. Even it's pretty bad. And even Philip Dorsett has like 100 yards on you and a touchdown or a couple touchdowns. And it's just incredible the way Brady owned them all those years. But like you said, why would they want to play the pandemic Patriots? The Patriots defense, I know you had a great stat. It's really starting to play a lot better. Um, the Steelers, like you said, they've been owned historically here now for the past 20 years by the Patriots. And, you know, if Cam Newton can kind of play halfway decent and if they, you know, if they can run the ball and if they can keep playing defense, I just don't know why anybody would want to be, you know, getting into the wild card or have to play wild card weekend. As we know, there's only one... Uh, there's seven seeds this year. There's only one by team. So it's either going to be the Steelers or the chiefs. We'll see how the year kind of finishes out. And uh, you know, I, I wouldn't want to have to play the Patriots, you know, first round. That's for sure. Because no matter what, you still have bill Belichick on the other side. This is a guy that has six rings as head coach. He's won two as a defensive coordinator. I wouldn't, but now we know Tom Brady's not there anymore. Of course, we're not going to, you know, it's, it's not quite the same, but I still, if, if I had a change, ch- the choice between them or, um, who are some of these other wild card teams? You know the Dolphins or the Browns, who also look pretty good. There's a few different teams in the mix there for the wild card. I wouldn't want to draw the Patriots. I just wouldn't want to draw the Patriots. Not at all. Not with the way that they play football. Not with their recipe for how they want to beat you. You know, and and one thing about Cam is he is capable of having some great passing games. It's it's not super likely, but it can happen. And if he decided to play like out of his mind and the defense keeps playing well, which it has since Gilmore's return, it's been better. Um, and if they keep running the football, and, and especially now, their special teams are starting to come alive, which could be a huge thing. I just don't think – I wouldn't want to draw the New England Patriots. I wouldn't want to have to go up against Bill Belichick on the other side.
0: Hey, that's a good point, LB. And you've been doing this a long time now because you just made it, like, perfect into the segue. So congratulations to you for being an awesome podcast host. Where I was wrong, LB <laughs> – where I was wrong. Yeah, I'm not afraid to admit I'm wrong. Come on here. Say we're wrong. You know, occasionally we'll brag about being right. So you got to say when you're wrong. So, you know, before the season, I said that the defense would regress. And at some point, it. I mean, it looked like the defense was regressed. But in the last three weeks, six in the NFL in yards per play. And they've played some pretty decent offense. They made Kyler Murray look awful. They just won forty-five to zero against Herbert in LA. The defenses look good lately, LB. And that brings me up to my next point: the Patriots are six and six. We just said they have a little chance to get in the playoffs here. They got to win. They pretty much got to win this week. I think it's pretty big if they got to win this week, or otherwise they'd, they need like a lot more help. But Bill Belichick, in the last two weeks, has blown out the Chargers, very talented team in LA. Beat the Cardinals, you know, it might be a playoff team, and this 500 with a quarterback who we like, we respect him, but has been thrown, has thrown for under 130 yards, I think, in the past two games. In the modern day NFL, winning games with a quarterback that passes for under, under 100 yards is not easy at all, and Bill Belichick just keeps on doing the LB. I know there's a lot of good candidates for Coach of the Year, including Brian Flores and you know, there's a lot of different guys. Kyle Shanahan, I guess maybe they win some more games. There's a lot of guys. LB, should we just like talk about Bill Belichick a little bit? I mean, we are the media, so I guess we can just start this conversation <laughs> right now. So should we start talking about this more? Am I wrong here? What if he wins out? Coach of the year?
1: If if he wins out and they go ten and six after a two and five start And they led the NFL in opt-outs. They lost their top four linebackers, not even just their starting three, their top four, because um, Alendon Roberts would be their fourth best linebacker. He's gone. Van Noy, um, Hightower opted out. Jamie Collins was was gone from free agency. They lost Patrick Chung, a linebacker-type role for them. They replaced him nicely with guys like Duggar and Phillips. If they can win out and somehow make the playoffs, I mean, you have to have that discussion with everything that's taken place. And, oh, yeah, some guy left. He used to play quarterback for the Patriots. He, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy. He actually had, like, a lot of accomplishments. He won, like, a few Super Bowls. He won some MVPs. He was a good quarterback. He left, too, by the way. So they lost all these pieces, free agency opt-outs, all these different things. Um, then they got nailed by COVID. Cam winds up with COVID, first, and the whole team. You know, we had a little, um, we had our own big COVID thing going on for a while. The, the Broncos game ends up getting delayed, and who knows how this how this affected the team, not just practice wise, but um, Nate Burleson actually talked about it a little bit today. I was watching, I was watching NFL something that that morning show sure, they do, Good Morning Football. I think I was watching. I never watch it for some reason. I, I woke up this morning and put it on. And Burleson was saying, you know. A lot of these players that come back, you think they're just playing poorly or whatever. They could have COVID fog, and we have no clue, truthfully. And they might not even know they have COVID fog and, you know, moving schedules around and do all this different stuff. The Patriots have taken on just about everything that you could possibly take on from this year to last year. And if they could somehow make the playoffs or um, even get to 10-6, and I think you have to have that discussion. I think it's unfair to Bill that people just kind of expect him to win football games. And he probably has missed out some years on coach of the year where he really should have won it. But I think it's a great point, Bryce. And I think that you definitely have to have that conversation.
0: Well, we just had it, Obie. So hopefully a lot of the really (laughs) smart people can do it. And, you know, a shout out to our good friend of the podcast, Tom Curran, because he had this idea. It wasn't my idea, but I saw it from him. So shout out to Tom Curran. And I thought this is a good idea and a good thing that I should talk about, too. So shout out to Curran, Quick Slant Podcast. So I think you're right, LB. we got to consider Bill Belichick, and we can talk about the media saying this, but we are the media. So we we just going (laughs) to go ahead and say it. So another thing I was wrong about, and I don't think you were wrong about, because I think you said that the – you said that the Patriots would just slap the Chargers around. I thought that this, this would be a close game. All the Chargers games have been close all year. I've been paying attention to them pretty closely. The Patriots just go out there. <laughs> they throw for, What did they throw? They throw for 70 yards. Their starting quarterback throws for 70 yards. Uh, Stidham gets in there. <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> Stidham gets in nice. there. There's a couple passes. But, so they really don't do much they don't really don't do much the defense owns jc jackson has a pick dmac has a has a block for a touchdown they played awesome 45 and this is the time to be playing good football this i think this was like one of the worst blowouts in a long time in the nfl if i've not recalled so this was not a close game at all I also want to apologize to Gunner Huzewski. Sorry, because you know we have slandered him all the time. But also, don't feel bad. I feel like I was right because I always wanted Gunner to be the punt returner and not the kick returner because I, I just don't think he's a good kick returner for some reason. But he owned and uh, good job, Gunner. I'm sorry. I, I'm not going to delete the tweets, but I did tweet about Gunner a whole <laughs> lot being very bad at kick return, which a lot of people did. So Gunner had a great game. One touchdown got called back. Punt return. So shout out to you, Gunner. Shout out to BSP because she loved it too. I know she, she probably listened to the podcast at this point, but yeah, Gunner owned, um, I'm sorry, Gunner. It wasn't a close game. You know, I told everyone I took a nap right after the first quarter and uh, it didn't happen. I went and got Chinese actually. I missed like, I missed probably like 10 minutes of the game, but the game was pretty much over like in the second quarter. So there re- there really was not that much to miss, but it's awesome to see the Patriots playing good football because they got a big game coming up, LB. Any closing thoughts on the game? The game, LB. I just want to say, you know, I'm I'm with. You. I, I I actually never felt that the Patriots were to a blowout. I really didn't. I
1: thought it could be a close game. I think you have to throw records out the window this year, especially uh, no matter who the Patriots play, because they've lost to a couple bad teams here. Um, it's funny because I said to the guy, I said, I think I'm tired. I might find I actually take a nap. And I literally fell asleep. And the last thing I said was go Pats by 40 LFG. And I said, that you were like right. messing around. <laughs> you were right. By
0: 40, by he knew it. They already knew. I mean, LB's <laughs> being modest right here. He told me it going to be a blowout all week. They already knew. Good job, LB. And
1: I guess it's it's the biggest win for them points-wise uh, margin of victory since the 59 nothing win versus the Tennessee Titans back in 2009, of course. Tom Brady throws six touchdowns in one quarter. That guy was good at football. I I do want to say, I think I just remembered his name. He was, he was the other guy that left this year. Of course. Awesome to see them win. Awesome to see, you know, Herbert stands weep. Awesome to see, you know, JC Jackson get his seventh interception of the year. would like to see him get a couple more. If if you can ever hit 10 to me, that is like such a cool thing to be able to get to 10 picks. Now hit need three here in the last four weeks, but you never know it's possible. Uh, Josh Allen threw one to him earlier in the year. Um, Jared Goff, as we know, can be erratic at times. They have Tua or Fitzpatrick. I believe it would end up being Tua. Um, I don't think we'll see Fitzpatrick play against the Patriots. Again, he had three picks. I think week one, who's the other guy I'm forgetting about dolphins bills. Who am I forgetting here? Cause they have four games left. Goff dolphins bills. Oh yeah. And of We've course the jets, which John, he, had, a, he Hula, had an interception Donald. versus the jets too. Yep. Yeah, so he might I mean, go for ten. Man. <laughs> hey, I I think that would be incredible to see a Patriots cornerback pick up ten. You just never really see a guy hit double digits in interceptions. I think that would be amazing. Something to watch for, you know. Maybe if he can get one this week versus Golf, I think he's off to a great start. You know, if you can, you know, add to that seven, I'd probably need a game here of two because most games, let's be honest, you're not going to get any. It's a really thing, to, hard thing to do. Usually, if you get five, you're kind of up there in the league leaders list of interceptions. I think Gilmore had six last year. So it'd be incredible to see a Patriots player get 10. I always think that's, I always think that's such a crazy number to see interceptions wise. And I've seen it. Like, I remember there was a guy, Anthony Henry, he actually played for the really bad Browns in like the early two thousands. He actually had 10 picks and it was kind of not talked about because he wasn't considered that good of a corner, but JC Jackson, it would be a little bit different because all of the covered grades, they defend him and how good he is. And so if he could have a year like that, I mean, that's just would be would really just be amazing, be a major credit to him. But it's awesome to be at a team 45, nothing, man, you know, so go Patriots.
0: Yeah, I think you made a really good point there, OB, because usually you know, I'll would, I would be the first one to say that interceptions are not a good gauge of good cornerback play. Usually, it's kind of the opposite. We've seen in our good friend Kyle Arrington, who became a swear word, as our our friend <laughs> Fitzy said. Our friend Fitzy said over the years, he became a swear word. He led the NFL and in interceptions this year, but this is what J.C. Jackson's been doing. He was a wide, a highly recruited wide receiver out of high school, if I'm not wrong, and he just looks kind of natural in all these picks. He just seems to like he just seems to make these plays, and he's also a good cover player. And yeah, he has some. He has ways to go in his technique and stuff like that. But if you just have to hold on to JC Jackson, just remember that Gilmore did not start playing his really best ball until he came here to the Patriots. And JC Jackson's a couple years away from Gilmore's age in his first year with the Patriots. So just cover, as we call him, our friend Gronky actually listens to the podcast and told me that's what he called JC Jackson. He called him just cover. And we actually reached out to JC's. Agent's sister Kara. I don't know if she listens, but she told JC that we call him Just Cover, and he acknowledged it and said it was awesome. So, Just Cover, I love him, man. I stand the guy. But he's he's he not only just makes a bunch of plays, and this is what he's done since he came in the league, but he's also a good cover guy and a really good, really good guy to have on the team. So I, I love it, man. Just Cover. It's
1: good for the brand five interceptions last year as well. So once again, that I, I and, and by the way, Bryson, I've always said interceptions are not a great stat for us, for a single player. They're huge for a team because it's a huge momentum swing. It's a huge play. It's just as a huge play for a team defense. And when you add them all up, it will usually kind of tell you, you know, it, it'll tell you something, but you know, I've always felt for a single player, Darrell Rivas, I think only had like 29 career interceptions, because you know, teams didn't throw at him. Um, Gilmore wound up a six last year. And a lot of that was because, Whenever teams did throw his way, he you know he picked them off. So when you see great cover players pick up those interceptions, they're a lot more meaningful, in my opinion.
0: I think you're totally. I think you're totally right, LB. I mean, Gilmore right now as our good friend Tom Dom. I mean, we're name drop, dropping all over the place, but I have no shame in name <laughs> dropping all Dom Gonzo. Dom Gonzo, our good friend Dom Gilmore expert extraordinary sometimes dom you know you do get a little a little cute with the gilmore stats but it's okay because you're staying in gilmore so we understand it we might make fun of him the chat for it but it's all right but you know teams aren't throwing at gilmore right now so they have started throwing at jc jackson and this is going to su- surprise some people but nfl teams kind of aren't very smart and it takes them a wh- it takes them a while to figure out who's good in the nfl and sometimes they think like big name players are are good like when they're not good, name more name than game. And maybe JC Jackson's just not like recognizing the NFL at this point right now. But NFL teams are just throwing at him. He's just picking these balls off because Gilmore's doing such a great job on the other side. I think after a kind of a meh start to the season, then he had COVID, came back, and he's been really awesome since then. I think ten games, four last four games, ten targets, something like that. Something really good. So that's awesome. JC's capitalized. it. So I love to see it, LB.
1: One last thing on this. I will say we need our good friend, Dom Gonzo, 12. I think that's, I think there's a 12 in there. We need to get him on the JC Jackson stats too. Cause I know PFF loves JC. They've loved him since his rookie year. Really? I remember earlier in the year, you had some things that you had showed people where Gilmore and JC were both one and two. I mean, these are no, both just not guys picking off passes, but they're stud cover players that I mean, really, if they can keep this going and play well like they have the past few weeks, as you pointed out, like, my goodness, I don't know why anybody would want to play them in
0: January. That's for sure. Yeah, they're getting hot. They're getting hot. If they went out and make the playoffs, I'll totally own it. Be completely wrong and uh, cheer for the Patriots in the playoffs. But to do that, LB. And I love Thursday night games, by the way. There's just – some people don't like them, but I just I, – there's something about Thursday night games. They're much better than Sunday night games for me. I don't know why, but it's just like something special about football in the middle of the week, and I'm not tired from an entire game – entire day's worth of like slates of games. I can just like sit down on, on Thursday after dinner, think about the game all day, and think about my team all day. And then my team finally plays, and everyone's watching. It's, it's just awesome. I love Thursday night games. So they're, they're playing the Rams, which is kind of where you want to play the Rams at this point in the season because the Patriots are playing their some of their best of ball. And we've got Sean McVay, Belichick's son. So Belichick is going to have <laughs> two sons. Well, maybe three. He has another son on the coaching staff. He's going to have three sons on the sideline with Sean McVeigh out there. LB, what kind of mind games is, is Bill going to play with Sean McVay this week? Is he going to walk up to him before the game and, and say something say something to him like he did in the Super Bowl and Sean McVay just all at him like he did in the Super Bowl? What's he going to say to him, LB? Like, what's Bill Belichick going to be in McVay's ear about? What's he going to say? Well, maybe he
1: should just go up to Bill and tell him that he thinks he sucks because
0: he went the opposite route <laughs> last time and it just went
1: terrible. <laughs> And the guy got embarrassed. Now, at that time, they were the, the 11th ranked offense all time. I believe that's in points per game, like not DVO or anything, but I think they were the 11th highest points per game offense of all time. Patriots held them to three points. So McVeigh kind of gushed over. Oh, and before I forget, I love Thursday night football games, too. I know it sucks for the players, but when your team plays on Sunday and then you get to see them again Thursday, that's the best. Downside is you have to wait about a week and a half till they play again, but I love it when you get these games squeezed together. But I know our good friend, another name drop, Spike King, the Spike King, just uh, he had a tweet about it, reminding everybody for their before game. And let me just say, I, I feel bad sometimes clowning McVeigh for it because I respected it so much. Um, I like opponents that are like that. The Patriots have always kind of been like that, right, where they kind of kill you with kindness. McVeigh, I think, was a little too much in that direction. <laughs> Even Bill in the video looks a little off put by it, but like, oh. Uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to hold your offense to three points now. And like, it's just, it's just so funny. It was, it was a really cool moment. It was really cool that that McVeigh had so much respect. Um, and even, even before that, I mean, the only w- real talk that we heard, I think that they also had a guy, a kid named Lance Kendricks. So he kind of talked a little smack, um, We know Chung said they were going to kick their ass, pardon my French. We know that Cooks responded to it. That was really the only things that we heard the rest of the week. We just heard McVay talking about the amount of respect he has for this organization. Their players kind of said the same. We saw McVay pregame really um, letting Bill know how much he respects him, how much he likes him. And I think that there's been stuff – you could probably speak to this better. I think there's been stuff before that McVay and Bill actually text one another. They are friends. But if I'm McVay, I'm just going up to him before this game and saying, hey, man, I just want to let you know that I think you suck. I think you're overrated. And I think Tom Brady carries you because the other way he tried <laughs> to do that just didn't work. <laughs> and even before the game, it was funny because McVay was looking at Brady across the field like and He's like, oh, man, he just looks like a quarterback, doesn't he? He just he has that look handsome, tall. I, I would let my daughter date him. OK, he didn't say that, but. It was just he was just loving himself some of the Patriots. So I think I'm just going polar opposite this time. And I, and I would just go I would maybe even just send Aaron Donald out to out to midfield to just turn the Patriots warm-up, tell him to really start some crap. Maybe the whole team should just like start a lot of crap all day because the other way did not
0: work at all as we know. I actually just thought of the perfect way they could do it. And I hope to God he doesn't listen to this podcast. I'm sure he probably I'm sure he probably does, but so I hope he doesn't He's listen to this time. though. I think, I think what he H. should John. do, I think what he should do, is walk up to Steve Belichick and just start all sorts of shit with them because we all know <laughs> what happened the last time someone messed with Steve Belichick before a big game. Super Bowl Fifty Two. We know, and it didn't we go well know. for us. <laughs> if you know, you know. If you know, you know. He needs to walk up to Steve and just be like. You only here because your your dad, your dad's the best coach in the NFL history. You suck. Your defense has sucked. I've looked at all the stats, they're terrible. Dietrich wise, gonna own them. Cool haircut, <laughs> freak. Yeah, Bentley, nice. Gonna own them all day long in coverage. Please play him more. Just, some, just, <laughs> something, just something like that. I, I want to see it from. I want to see it from Sean. I actually, don't want to see it because that means he would win. So please don't do this, Sean. By the way, so censor this if you're a listener to the podcast, Sean. You know, ears. he's listening.
1: Listen, this guy can name like every player in NFL history. He, he probably listens to every Patriots-oriented podcast, you know, in the nation that's just taking as much info as possible. So, shout out to our good friend, Sean McVay. How you doing, buddy?
0: It the sounds stupid, him, but <laughs> it's, he's a handsome guy, by the way, but yeah, it, sounds, good looking guy. it sounds stupid, but in a nutshell, if you listen to what other teams complain, of the team's fans complain about, like, all the time, they're generally right, right? Like, like, Bentley stinks in coverage, like, AB's a head case, like, all sorts of things. Like, th- there's all sorts of things that fans are actually right about. And if you listen to, like, a title talk fan podcast, you'd be like, you'd listen for five minutes and know that you don't need to put Jalen Ramsey on Nikhil Harry. That would be a waste of time, and he'd probably fall please asleep. Please do put him on Harry. <laughs> yeah, please do. And, and you just need to attack Bentley in coverage and all sorts of stuff like that, which is funny because I have it written down right here. I mean, last time the Patriots played the Rams, we all know they were kind of an 11-personnel merchant team. Uh, they Three wide receivers, one tight end. We all saw tower absolutely bench-pressing. I think it was – is his name Higby LB? Tyler Higby, yeah. That was a oh, man. My dad used, to, to, the used to say this all the time
1: about setting the tone, and that's what Hightower, I'll, I'll let you talk now, but my dad used to always say about setting the tone early, and boy did the Patriots do that, and that's one thing, Hightower always brought your defense.
0: Yeah, you're so right, Albie, it was awesome, just absolutely throwing Higby straight to the ground, but last time they played, and they were kind of an 11 personnel team, you know, it's more of the same, but now they kind of play bigger a little bit, they play more tight ends. Yeah, you know, they they really try to run the ball effectively, and they run a lot of plays that look a lot of the same, like a lot of the play action plays or throwing the screens. And Sean just like he just always knows when you're blitzing. He just always knows when to throw in a blitz, when to throw in the screen, when to run to the edge and block block it up perfectly. Even- I mean, it's it's awesome. Uh, so I think what the Rams are going to try to do in this game, and you know, I'm not going to get too deep in X and O's because that's just absolutely silly. A lot of a lot of Patriots guys do it. It's just it's just silly. But I think if you're the Rams, you want to get big on the Patriots. You want to try to bring Bentley in the game. You want to try to run a lot of play action on first down and, and throw at the Patriots in the middle as much as you can because we know their corners are kind of, are not kind of good. They are good. I think that's what they'll, they'll kind of try to do. And I think the Patriots should counter that with just by playing small like they have been the whole game and I hope that they play small the whole game that'd be awesome I know Terrell Therese Hall has been playing good and in the last couple weeks the Patriots the pass rush Josh Uche Chase Winovich Dietrich Wise a lot of underrated players they've been really good their pass rush in the last couple games have been awesome and Goff's record when he's like sacked is not good and his record when he is sacked is like when he isn't sacked is like 23 and four or something absolutely ridiculous. And you can see it in his face when I mean, we all kind of call it golf face, right? I mean, when, when the game's not going well for golf, you kind of know the games, the game's over really, really early. And it sounds stupid, but if the Patriots can just get pressure on golf, a lot of good things are going to be coming their way here. A lot of good things, get him off a spot. And you know, the Rams have a good D, but what do you think? LB? We need golf face. How do we get golf face? How does this happen?
1: You know, it's funny as you say that. I remember we actually discussed this in the chat, maybe even on the timeline. It would be hard to say because we don't have our tweets from that time now. But before Super Bowl 53, before, even when they were just doing interviews and doing all these different things, Goff just looked like the moment was too big for him. And, you know, how could I possibly know? I've never been in that moment, obviously, but he looked rattled by the moment. He really did. And the game came and boy, did it show. All week, he kind of seemed uncomfortable with the media. His face, just he, he looked a little uncomfortable all week. They did the um, the sit-down where it was Tlaib, Goff, Brady. And I remember Brady, of course, made the joke where somebody said, do you have any pointers for Jared Goff? And Brady was like, what? Why would I give him pointers? Like, <laughs> And it was a silly question. I mean, why would Brady give Goff pointers right now? That really was a goofy question. But I mean, all week, he kind of looked uncomfortable Super Bowl week when they did the, the media week. And you know, I think you're right. you got to find a way to pressure the guy. You just do. You have to find a way to pressure this guy. He does have some weapons out there. We know that they they have talent on offense. They have a great defense. I think a lot of people think of the Rams, and they think 2018, right? They think when the Rams are playing well, they must have a really, really good offense, and they do have a good offense. But this year, the defense has been excellent. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey is playing a lot better again this year. He's a great player. They have Aaron Donald, who, is, in my opinion, I, I think you'd agree the most dominant player on defense in football. I mean, maybe even both sides of the ball. I don't know, but he is that good where I think he even broke like the PFF scale of, of players. Like he basically broke it. Cause he was just so, so incredibly dominant every week. The Patriots need to run the football. Well, they need to complete more passes they are need a better passing game. But I think really it's going to come down to both defenses. The defense is going to have to make plays. You got to find a way to get pressure on, uh, on golf. And I think you need another game from Adam Butler, like we saw versus the Cardinals, where he just wreaked havoc all over the field. If you, I love getting interior rush on a quarterback. I really do. I love it. When you, when you don't have to rely on defensive ends to get pressure on a quarterback, like it just makes me, it, it gets me all excited. You know what I mean? It gets me, gets me going. I just love it. We used to see it for Tom Brady too. Right. And the best way to pressure Brady, get get pressure up the middle, make him uncomfortable. Because I know you and I have talked about this before, right? When Brady and his prime, defensive ends never worried us, did they? You worried more about those interior guys or um, the Texans in 2016 in the playoff game. The Patriots, of course, won by a lot. The Texans had Brock Osweiler at quarterback. And but they had a great game plan. It was merciless, and they were moving guys like Watt around, and they were moving around all these different guys, get pressure on them up the middle. And if the greatest quarterback ever of all time, it's not even close, in my opinion. Can be rattled a little bit from pressure up the middle. What does that say about a kid like Goff? Who I actually do kind of like. Goff, I think he's a pretty good player. Uh, I think he gets probably unfair hate at times, but you know he's 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 done some good things in this league. You need to find a way to pressure this kid. You really do. You just need to find a way to pressure Jared Goff. However you do it, I don't know. Uh, Bill is that's why we have Belichick, right? with uh, his eight Super Bowl rings, going back, counting his defensive coordinator time. And I'll tell you what, I don't know what it is, is, Bryce—and I feel better about this Rams game, and I'm not just saying this because they just won 45 nothing, even though that probably is a factor in my brain, whether I know it or not. I feel good about this game versus the Rams. I think they're going to find a way to get this thing done. I really do. I, I have a feeling they will win this game. I think it's going to be really which defense makes fewer mistakes. I think that'll be who wins. Yeah, um,
0: Tooney. Also, awesome job on Aaron Donald. People kind of forget that Trent Brown standing next to Aaron Donald, absolutely iconic. I think I'm gonna tweet that right after this because I love Trent Brown so much. The, the picture of Trent Brown. You got tweeted by Feats Barstool for that one, by the way. He follows me now. Yeah, we're good. We're good buddies now. We talk every I, once in a while. I, I like the guy.
1: I think that's when you guys actually met. You had that tweet that the day after, I think, and he retweeted you and he started following you because that that picture was a that picture was awesome, man.
0: It is an awesome – just how big he is. By the way, I want to see a Trent Brown return, even though I love Isaiah Wynn. But our interior offensive line – our interior – LB and I's interior offensive line did very good <laughs> in the Super Bowl. They kind of have the same guys now. So, I mean, I really wouldn't expect much different. The Patriots are going to be playing with the backup left tackle. But I don't. I don't really foresee that being much of a problem here in this game. Maybe we'll see. But I think Aaron Donald probably – I hope the key to the game is probably Aaron Donald not getting on creating turnovers and getting to the quarterback, but the our our interior offensive line is, is just so good at this point and they've already played the Rams and Aaron Donald so they kind of know what to do in this spot. So I'm not actually not I'm not too worried about it now. So oh, So yeah.
1: one last thing before I forget
0: I saw an interesting
1: stat. Aaron Donald, I think he's played two or three games with the Patriots. I wanna say two. Um in his career versus everybody else, his PFF grade is over ninety. His PFF grade
0: rest of the Patriots is a 73. Wow. That's huge for Aaron It's like, that's him going from best player in the world to like. Dietrich wise last year. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. That's awesome.
0: That's crazy. Nice They've contained out him. Out. Yeah, That's well. crazy. That's awesome. I think the other thing I wanted to say really on this podcast is ever since when DM me uh, and lied about not tweeting, liking that tweet <laughs> about bill. And got benched, which were which you reported, by the way, good job. But winno actually, actually DM'd me, but ever since then um, we we kind of bullied him a little bit, and he's he's been playing awesome. He's been playing lights out since then. So I just want to say, it is actually, and you cannot even dispute this. I'm saying it, and it sounds funny, but you can't dispute it. Wino is playing better because of title talk. Wino is literally <laughs> playing better because of title talk. Like you can't even argue. Like what are you gonna say? What are you gonna say? Just say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you should say thank you. I mean, the guy, the guy DM'd us and LB reported it. He was feeling all sorts of bad about it. Now he plays awesome and he's playing out of his mind. We really need him. really need him this week, LB. I'm actually uh, – I can't think of anything else I want to say about the game other than I think the Patriots are going to win 35-17. to 17. I love it. I love it.
1: It seems like it's going pretty well. I think I've been kind of saying 24-20 all these times. But you know what? I'll stick to what I said earlier. I was kind of half playing – it was kind of an inside joke between us. Another name dropped Pat's something Pat Stan or whatever that kid there. We were all kind of playing around in the chat. He said something about outboring the other team. So I said, Oh, that's gold. And when I was just messing with him and I tweeted it and Fitzy actually quoted it, which was funny enough. So you know what? I'll just stick to the 13, 10 score. I was kind of like, I was kind of <laughs> playing around, but you know what? Screw it. I'll just stick to 13 to 10. Screw it. I got nothing to lose. Right. If it winds up being 13 to 10, I look like a genius. If they beat him by 30 again, Hey, We'll love it. Let's get another 40-point
0: win. I'll I'll take those
1: 45 nothing
0: wins again. Those are nice. If the Patriots win this game, LB, you're going to need to contain me on Twitter. You're just going to have to (laughs) contain me on Twitter because I'm going to be the most obnoxious Patriots fan there ever was, even though I said that the Patriots should tank. But you know what? A lot of people have been wrong about a lot of things this season because it is is the COVID season. So I was wrong. If the Patriots win, they're absolutely winning the Super Bowl. And people can just reach that for me.
1: In your defense, you and I actually had like pretty good discussions about tanking, and I don't think it was necessarily that you wanted them to tank. Now, you could speak for yourself better. I'm just thinking about what you and I actually did discuss on here. It was more or less whether or not they should, uh, the benefits of tanking, because I know that some people would get mad at it. I've always kind of been one of those people that says, you know, hey, you know, un- until you're really out of it, don't really want to tank and blah, 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 blah really there's no right or wrong because if they wind up missing out on the playoffs and they do, if they go 10, six minutes on the playoffs, it's going to look like you were probably right. Right. I mean, if they wind up dropping a game in the next few weeks and they miss out on the playoffs, you'll probably end up looking right. So I really think that it's one of those things that, you know, you, you can't really be right or wrong yet, especially if they went out here and they do make the playoffs. I mean, of course we all want playoffs, right? I think we talked about that all along was, Hey, if, I'm one of those people that says, if you can get into the playoffs, get into the playoffs, you know, every single time. You just never know what could happen. The nine and seven New York Giants, we talked about 16 and 0 earlier. They were nine and seven in that regular season. They went on to win the Super Bowl, and that was more normal times than what you and I like to call COVID ball, the pandemic Patriots, COVID ball year. And you never know. You just never know what could happen week to week. I mean, you could wind up playing the Chiefs wild card weekend, and Mahomes can't play for whatever reason. You just, You just don't know what could happen here. This has been a weird year, and and week to week, it seems like anybody can beat anybody. I really don't think anybody had the Patriots beating the Chargers 45 to nothing, as bad as the Chargers record is. I don't think anybody said that. Except for me, of course, in the chat saying Patch by 40.
0: I mean, no one but you. I mean, you can just (laughs) say no one, but no, it wasn't no one because you said it.
1: No, I was was definitely kind of messing around there, but, you know... You just never know what could happen here. You never know. I mean, if they they find a way to sneak in, I think they have a pretty good recipe for maybe upsetting some teams. I mean, Cam's won an MVP in this league. Eli Manning was able to get really hot a few times going to win a Super Bowl. We saw Joe Flacco have what would be, in my opinion, the greatest postseason run ever. Tom Brady, 2017, is also up there, by the way. But Joe Flacco threw no picks. I think he had 16 touchdown passes in that. Uh, twenty. What is that? Twenty thirteen. Oh boy, that time flew by. I that think was it was twenty thirteen. Yep. No, twenty thirteen was Denver. So it was 2015, right? twenty fifteen, right? No, twenty fifteen was Denver. Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. Okay. Twenty twelve. But uh, Joe Flacco went on, and I mean, we've seen probably lesser quarterbacks get hot at the right time, and all of a sudden, and you know, the Patriots do still have Bill Belichick. Maybe Cam gets hot. Maybe. We know for a fact that they can run the ball well, and we know we've seen this defense now play lights out the past few weeks, and we've seen them play lights out the past few
0: years, really, overall. So you just never know, right? You never know, LB. And our friend Spike King said it, and he's been known to get Patriots tattoos, did the one before the Rams Super Bowl, and then he had a knock to a great one, but I won't talk about that. But he said earlier in our chat, he said that if – if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, he'll get a Cam Newton tattoo. And cut this clip if you want. Hold me to it. If Cam Newton wins the Super Bowl, I will get a Cam Newton tattoo. I'll do it. Oh, boy. I'm breaking news. Cam Newton, if Cam Newton wins the Super Bowl with the Patriots, I will get a Cam Newton tattoo. What will it be? Will it, like,
1: be his face? I know that you, you were having a good time with that picture because the Patriots couldn't have done Cam any dirtier. They shared a picture where it was, like, his face, but he looks like, like it's bad lighting and he looks, like, really old. He looks like he's in his 50s. Maybe you should get that picture. <laughs> or we yeah, get, like,
0: a one, like,
1: like, the, like the number one with Newton
0: on it or something. Uh, I've got to think, but I, I kind of want to, if, you know, it does happen, I kind of want it to be, like... Um... I don't know. I actually don't know if you have some good suggestions. Let me know on the on the on the Twitter account when I tweet this podcast. Let me know. Uh, it'll be some form of candid tattoo, but it will be. I can promise you that. My family members will weep as I don't have any tattoos and they don't want me to have any tattoos, but uh, I will do it and I will not care. I'll be. Well, look. If anybody's ever seen the Water Boy, <laughs> have
1: you ever seen the Water Boy, Bryson? Oh yeah, multiple times. Adam, Adam Sandler.
0: Adam Sandler. We also.
1: We all know the part where, you know, his mother had just got done telling the coach that he's not gonna. That's my cat sneezing. You hear that? What is wrong with you, cat? He's like sneezing.
0: so crazy. She's having... a COVID cat.
1: <laughs> he's a COVID cat. But uh, the part where they just finish up dinner, the mother says no about football. She says, "I don't think so, Coach Klein." She kind of throws him out of the house, and the, he does. Oh well, what do I do? And the the co- the guy, the Fawns. He was known as the Fawns, but you know, he's he's Coach Klein. In that he says what mama no, no, don't hurt her. And he drops his pants and he has a Roy Orbison tattoo on his buttocks. I try not to swear too much these days. So I just said buttocks. I feel I've never felt so old in my <laughs> life. He drops his pants. He drops his slacks and he, <laughs> he drops his slacks and he shows him his buttocks, but he has the tattoo. And I just always the way. That's going to be you, man. Just, you have to get it in a place that nobody can see it. And you know, you can just tell everybody, listen, what Mama don't know, don't hurt her.
0: Yeah, my hopefully my kids never find out. They'd never listen to this podcast and figure it all out. I'm going to have to delete my Twitter account at some point in my life. I've been thinking about that when I get older. as my kids are going to start looking at my tweets and be like, dad, you're a freak. You're just a complete weirdo. <laughs> what were you doing all those years? It's a complete freak. But, LB, <laughs> Dude, thanks for coming on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for coming on the pod. LB It was a good pod, great pod. You did good as always. You were you were right as always, and I was wrong, and uh, it's fine. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> I don't know we're both. About all that, <laughs> hopefully, but. hopefully we're all right next this Thursday as the Patriots play. We'll have another podcast actually right after. I think Alonzo wants to come on the pod. I'm sure LB will want to come on the pod after the Patriots beat the Rams and we'll all just have all sorts of fun. We have all sorts of guests lined up the rest of the season. And so I hope the Patriots make the playoffs and we can have a lot more fun, but thanks for coming on the pod. OB you did awesome as well. Good job by you. And I will see you later, my friend.
1: Hey, you're welcome. As always, it was a fun time. Had a good time. Patriots are going to come up with another W keep our playoff hope to goals. And look, as we always say, right at the very end, do your job.
0: Do. Your job not done.